Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Are you fascinated and terrified by cases of missing people? Are you also looking for a new true crime comedy podcast to take your mind off of things? If so, we are super excited to tell you about Obsessed With Disappeared, a brand new true crime comedy podcast from the people who make the hilarious true crime obsessed podcast. Obsessed With Disappeared is hosted by TCO's Patrick Hines, and his best friend of 20 years, Broadway diva, Ellen Marsh. Going in order from Season 1, Episode 1, the podcast recaps episodes of everyone's favorite true crime show, IDs Disappeared. Each episode of the podcast is packed with humor, sass, heart, and two decades worth of dirt that Patrick and Ellen have on each other. So if you're serious about true crime, and you also love to laugh, you're going to love Obsessed With disappeared. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that is constantly asking me, what if this whole crusade's a charade? He is the captain. I mean, think about it. What if the butt fumble was just a glitch in the Matrix? It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today in the garage fridge, we have gravel donuts by the innovative brewers over at Outer Belt. This is a wonderful New England style I to the P to the A featuring juicy flavors, including pineapple, citrus, and blueberry. It's all the hoppy and none of the bite. And you know what else doesn't bite? Our good garage friends right here. Cheers to Andrea in Harrisburg. Pennsylvania. And a big shout out to Jennifer R. in Ozark, Missouri. Next up, a cheers to Steph and Robbie at Night Shift Brewing. And a big We Like Your Jib to Elaine 
and Bismarck, North Dakota. And a shout out to my man Joseph in Louisville, Kentucky, who lists True Crime Garage as one of his favorite things. And last but certainly not least, a big, big thank you to Robert H. in Easton, Pennsylvania. Thank you to everyone who contributed to this week's beer fund. Yeah, B-E-E-R-R, you win beer run. If you'd like to donate to the show, go to truecrimegarage.com and click on the donate button. And that is, as they say, Captain, enough of the business. Everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Right at the top of the show, let's get into some more information that the Akron police have stated publicly. Taylor was dating someone at the time she disappeared. Detectives told the Beacon Journal that this young man was cooperative with their investigation. So the young man that she is dating at the time that she vanished, this young man was helpful and cooperative to the detectives and to their investigation. On the flip side of that coin... There was an ex-boyfriend, and this guy was not cooperative. The investigation initially focused on him, and detectives searched his car and used special chemicals to search for bodily fluids, although the report is that they found nothing. Then the ex lawyered up. His attorney said his client spoke to detectives and gave a statement in which he denied any involvement in Taylor's disappearance. Lieutenant Rick Edwards of the Akron PD told News Channel 5 that police were continuing to try to obtain information from this man. But the Beacon Journal reported in 2014 that the police interviewed or tried to interview two men who were close to Taylor. One reportedly struggled while taking a polygraph test and the other has refused to cooperate. Both men have lawyers, and both men are no longer talking with investigators, and it sounds like maybe one of them wasn't really talking much to begin with. And just like the old Native American proverb says, beware the man that does not speak and the dog that does not bark. Here in this situation, the man that does not speak means one of these guys that refuses to speak with the police. With no news of Taylor... Theories abounded. Could she have stepped out of the house with no shoes to make a call and been grabbed? Had someone been watching the house and was aware that she would be there virtually alone that night? Had someone come to the door and grabbed her when she opened it? Did someone come looking for her there? Or did she leave the house on her own volition? There were no answers. And of course, police weren't talking about their investigation. Two weeks after Taylor went missing, Taylor's cousin, the Reverend Sharon Wilson, said she believed her relative was being held captive by someone somewhere. We don't know if that was just wishful thinking or based on specific information. Crime Stoppers announced a reward for tips as to Taylor's location. Yeah, but what a sad world we live in that somebody would hope that their loved one was being held captive somewhere and, and not dead somewhere. Right. And I think 
I think that's part of, you know, the news coming out of Cleveland just Mm -hmm. days after Taylor went missing. Now, Taylor, she missed Mother's Day in May of 2013. She never missed spending this day with her mother in all of her 19 years of age. About a month after Taylor went missing, her ex contacted police and reported that a group of people riding in three different cars had threatened him outside of his a family member's house. This police report was filed on June 15th and indicated that the persons named by the ex as, quote, threatening him included members of Taylor's family. But the Robinsons and Ruckers never came out publicly. Well, this goes back to my, um, remember my game show about the killer clowns where you go around and you you rough up these possible suspects mm-hmm. and we get some answers. I, I, I think that's probably what was happening on some level that they've talked to police. Police have then tried to reach out to these ex-boyfriends or, or people that are connected and they're not talking or there's some confusion as, about the polygraph and you hear these rumors at some point, you're like, well, let me talk to him because maybe I could get him talking. So I think that's probably what it was. Well, I don't know what happened, but what I wanted to make sure that I pointed out in all of these years and all the opportunities that the Robinson Rucker family has had, they've been nice enough to not name these individuals publicly right? or accuse these individuals, mention them by name. So I think there should be something said for their character for choosing to not do that because they very well could have right in August of 2013 the family received tips this is quote from people who knew what was going on with Taylor these tips are that Taylor had been the victim of foul play and searchers should be looking in a heavily wooded area around first energy substation in the 700 block of West Thornton Street and West Akron some Pants and a sheet were found in this area. They followed up on this anonymous tip, or I guess it's not anonymous, but this weird tip that comes in. But it was determined that they likely came from a nearby homeless encampment. They didn't belong to Taylor. And there was no sign of Taylor at this location. But on September 9th, 2013, four months after Taylor vanished from the home where she was working, Her family's worst fears came true. Two hikers, and some stories say they were joggers, were enjoying some outdoor time in the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. This is a massive federal recreation area north of Akron. They came across a recognizably human jawbone. Mm. And nearby, they found the rest of a skull. The hikers reported this to the National Park Service. There is a ranger station about two miles down Riverview Road. The FBI evidence response team arrived on site and began gathering evidence in the woods. Early reports were just that human remains were found and the body was so decomposed as to they couldn't they couldn't distinguish whether what they were looking at was male or female. Mm-hmm. And the tattered remnants of 
what appeared to be some type of clothing was found, and they believed this to be a bra. Now, although initially police believed that the body was too decomposed to be Taylor. Okay, so she's missing for just four months by this time. And I I say just four months, but that's in regards to the remains that were found. They're saying, we don't think that Taylor was gone long enough for this to be her. Right. But dental records quickly confirmed that the body was that of Taylor Robinson. No weapon was found at this scene. And we should also state that not all of the remains were found. This is a four-month difference from the time of the disappearance to when she's found. And we know that scavengers and things like that in the area can compromise this scene. Let's talk about where Taylor was discovered. Although the remains were within Cuyahoga Valley National Park, they weren't located in the middle of miles of dense forest. In fact, the bones were found in what is reported to be the valley picnic area off of Riverview Road in Boston Township. They were found, you know, kind of kind of in the woods, but not deep back in the woods. Mm-hmm. This is one of the 23 townships in Summit County located between Akron and Cleveland. Only about 1,300 people reside in this town. The majority of the land appears to be part of that park. The picnic area is on the western side of the portion of Riverview Road that connects Everett, which is where the Everett Ranger Station is that we pointed out, and Peninsula. It lies about one mile south of Route 303. The picnic area is basically a visible patch of open space on Google Maps amidst miles and miles of heavily forested land. It lies about 150 feet off of Riverview Road, accessible by a small access road that appears to be unpaved. The upshot is that this small picnic area is not somewhere that someone looking to hide a body would stumble upon. They would almost certainly have to have been there before. Quote, we're not talking about a distance where someone gets on the highway and jumps off. End quote. This is from Akron PD Detective Gary Shady. He goes on to say that this was a pretty long ride. The location of her remains was more than 15 miles away from the point where Taylor was last seen. Taylor's remains were found to the north of this picnic area just off of a hiking trail in what the Beacon Journal described as a thicket of woods. The area is sloped and heavily covered with trees and vegetation. The hikers had stumbled on the bones when they ventured off the trail. Besides the brawl, no other remnants of clothing or other items were found, according to that newspaper. Bones were found for several days of searching scattered around a wide area. And as said, Taylor was identified by the Summit County Medical Examiner via dental records on September 11th. Her bones were then sent to an anthropologist at Mercyhurst University in Pennsylvania to try to determine the cause of death. This means that whatever happened to Taylor was not immediately apparent from her skeletal remains. Chief Ranger Chris Ryan said, quote, at this point, we do not know how the remains ended up to be there. 
whether or not they were dropped off there, or even if there was a potential homicide there, we don't know. And indeed, Captain Daniels and Pelly of the Akron PD said that on September 12th, quote, it's too early to rule as a homicide. He said the case was being investigated as a suspicious death. The FBI returned to the picnic area where Taylor was found for several days that week, continuing to locate bones and additional evidence that spokespeople would not discuss. Well, I want to stop you here and just, and I don't want to spend too much time on a, on a soapbox, but we've had a couple cases lately of these suspicious deaths and you have law enforcement that comes out initially and says, we don't want to rule it anything. We don't want to rule it a homicide. We don't want to rule it this. And I've been seeing that law enforcement and, and the detectives have been getting a lot of kickback for that in these cases that have been hitting the news lately. I, I think it's just the responsible thing to do. Like if you don't have the evidence to rule it one way or the other, why would you come out and, and, and make those statements to the public? Well, yeah. I mean, their their whole job is in, in determining and labeling things is based off of evidence. Well, and, and their to, job is to, to, to label something or call something not what it is based off of evidence that does not exist is incredibly irresponsible. And in fact, you're you're not doing your job. I mean, right. Their job is to get it right. Not you to, should be to reprimanded it, for doing so. Right. Their job is to get it right. Not to get it as quickly as possible. Yeah. They're not the media. They're enforcing the laws. Well, the, wait, hold on. The, the media's job isn't uh, to be as quick as possible. Their job is to get it right as well. We hope so. Right. But it doesn't appear that that Never. seems to be their top priority. Now in January, of this year in January captain, the garage received an email. We received dozens and dozens of emails every week, but this one stood out. The email was from a longtime friend of the show, Rachel, who works up in Northern Ohio. She has worked with someone and they thought that they could get some help from true crime garage. The person seeking help was a guy named Tim. Tim fired off a friendly and informative email introducing himself and his line of work and professional background. Tim has extensive experience as an investigator. Tim asked if we could meet the next time he would be in town in our area in Columbus. Months went by and it came time for our arranged meeting. During the passing time, COVID-19 was spreading across the states and the nation and shutting down businesses. This forced us to call an audible, but we were able to keep the meeting. This was the first business meeting in my lifetime that involved me wearing a mask and gloves and did not involve the usual handshake. Instead, we greeted one another with a weird elbow bump and shared a laugh as that is the only real normal way to finish off an elbow bump greeting. Tim is a gray-haired man who speaks very matter-of-factly. He's a straight shooter, but chooses his words and polices them carefully. Tim knows from his background, something that gets lost on most of us, that words have real meaning and words also have real consequences. In his work, it's the same as ours here at the garage, but sometimes on a heightened level. There are victims out there that need to be considered and respected, 
and there is the integrity of an investigation. And it would be rude to the victims and harmful to the investigations to not choose your words carefully. Tim Demoff is a private investigator, and he is the president of a private security company and former Akron, Ohio police detective. I asked him several questions, and I was impressed with his knowledge and how motivated he is in helping victims. He explained that sometimes he is hired by victims' families searching for answers, and sometimes he is doing pro bono work. Now, Tim has that little thing inside of him that all of the rest of us have. That thing when you see a case in the papers or you hear about it on the news and you just can't shake it, it sticks with you. Tim said sometimes when that happens, he will actively seek out a case that he can't shake. And he and his firm, SACS Consulting, will take on a case. His reason for wanting to meet with True Crime Garage, well, he was looking for new and interesting ways to get some cases back in the spotlight, out to the public. The type of cases that the captain and I gravitate toward. Solvable cases that just need a little push. They need that tiny missing tidbit of information and someone out there has it. So we discussed several cases, some from down here in Columbus, but most of them in the Cleveland and Akron areas. Tim was passionate about the cases. He has worked. Taylor Robinson's case instantly fascinated me. With little information, I started seeing very easily how this case could be solved if we just had that one little piece. We elbow bumped again and parted ways. We agreed we would meet again after I had some time to review the case. Tim told the garage he will talk Taylor's case anywhere, anytime with anyone. He is that driven and passionate about solving Taylor's case, and more importantly, getting answers for Taylor's family and mother. That meeting took place last week. Armed with questions, and Tim armed with a good-sized case file, we sat down. I first wanted to know how and when Tim became involved in Taylor Robinson's case. He said he saw the case. It was all over the news at the time when Taylor first went missing. And his normal protocol is to sit back, let the authorities and the investigating agency take the case, and if it doesn't seem to go anywhere, then a phone call is made. Fairly early on, really just several days, maybe a week after Taylor went missing, Tim and SACS got involved, taking on the case, charging Taylor's family just $1 to look into Taylor's inexplicable disappearance. He and another PI, this is Tom Fields of Accurate Investigative Services, looked into the case for a month, returning to the house where Taylor had worked the night that she disappeared and interviewing several people about Taylor. Demoff then publicly released a criminal profile of the person he felt was responsible for taking Taylor. He told the media that whoever was involved knew Taylor very well and likely had a personal relationship with her. And the two had a confrontation that night. Demoff believed that this person knew where Taylor was working that evening and was someone she was comfortable enough with, or at least willing, to meet this person outside of the house 
in her bare feet late at night or let this person into the home. According to Demoff's theory, this was not someone who just stopped by and the two got into some kind of argument, but this was the result of an ongoing issue, something that had been brewing for a while. What happened to Taylor was likely not premeditated, but rather precipitated by a fit of rage after her killer did not receive the response he wanted from her. This person was not believed to have committed murder before, but he may be on the edge of uh, criminal activity, as Tim put it. Taylor was murdered, but it is possible that Taylor's death was an accident as a result of this fit of rage. Demoff told the media that through interviews, he had learned that Taylor had some conflicts going on in her life, including with a former boyfriend. According to the Beacon Journal, quote, there were also communications with someone that were so difficult she broke down crying, but would not confide the source to friends or family. I strongly believe there was a conflict between that person and her that was taking place before she disappeared. I believe that this was a culmination of that conflict, that this person wanted to confront her, Demoff said. Further, Demoff theorized that several people, this is where we can help, Captain, several people know what happened to Taylor, and it was possible that more than one person was involved. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. 
Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. Cheers, mates. Back and better than ever. Back and better, better than, than before the break. <laughs> if you're a new listener to the show and you're just checking us out for the first time or this week for the first time. We want to apologize. And you're looking at your phone or your device and you're going, hey, these guys are great, but they only got about 40 episodes available. That's because all of the episodes older than that are available for free if you download 
the Stitcher app. 400 and some episodes available and almost 100 episodes available of Off the Record, our Stitcher premium show. That's a lot of garage goodness right there, Captain. Mm -hmm. So let's discuss the cause of death because now we've found the remains, but it's not too hard to figure out with the amount of time that took place between the disappearance and when they are finding the remains that a cause of death is going to be difficult to, to determine based off of the level of decomposition. Right. And for a while, I, you know, I've seen this reported a few different ways. One states that the cause of death, Taylor's cause of death has never been released. There is an ABC five news story out of Cleveland that reported that the summit County medical examiner was not able to determine how Taylor died. And often when you're finding remains that are just skeletal remains, well, unless there's obvious damage to those bones or to the skull, you're not able to determine, in fact, how the victim did die. Right. But you do know that it's probably a homicide because, well, if if we can believe that her gone missing is suspicious and then her remains are found 15 or so miles away out in a place where she didn't end up on her own then we're probably looking at a homicide here. And that's just how they've been treating this case ever since she's been found. And the sad part of it too, is we have her family. Carmela Robinson has said publicly, she does not want to know how her daughter was killed. Now Taylor's mom and stepdad spoke to the public outside of their home on September 11th, after receiving the dreaded confirmation that Taylor had been found. Carmela thanked the hikers for having the courage to report their discovery, saying, quote, you brought our baby home. Taylor isn't a lost child anymore, end quote. She seemed to intimate that Taylor had been taken by someone whose motive was something other than murder. Quote, I just don't understand why you felt you had to hurt her, Carmela said. You could have just given her back. You could have just brought her home. Just let her go. Yeah. I wonder what that means. Well, I think it means, again, she knows more about this crime than what's been reported and released publicly. And so does Tim Demoff, the private investigator. And after Taylor was found, he made some public statements that were interesting. He said that he remained committed to solving the case and, quote, this would not have been done by a stranger. And per Fox 8 News, he said, we know for a fact in the weeks leading up to her disappearance, she was having disagreements with certain people. According to the Beacon Journal, Demoff said that two people would have been required to move Taylor's body and speculated a struggle in the house preceded her death. This is intriguing because we've heard nothing in the media about any kind of altercation or attack in the home, even though those were our suspicions. And reports were that there was no forced entry. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, why are they saying that there would, it would take two individuals to move her? I mean, she's 5'3", maybe weighs 150 pounds. So I, I don't understand why they're saying two people would have to be involved in moving because she was so far away from, uh, like, the road? Well, that, that would be correct. They're not saying that it would be impossible for one person to move her. Mm -hmm. They're just taking a look at the landscape and a look at, at the, the route 
from where she went missing to where her remains were found and going through the logistics of moving the victim along the way. Right. Yeah. You would need two people to do this. That's what all probability points to. Well, it makes you curious what, what the motive is. I mean, again, they're, they got to hold back certain things because that's the way they're going to get more information and then connect the dots. And that's how they can bring a case against somebody. But you, it makes you wonder as, as a listener, well, what would two people have to argue with her about? And you wonder on some level, you know, is this a past relationship? You know, how, how long has she been with the new boyfriend? Was there, um, um, separated, uh, separation period? Um, was she possibly even pregnant? So let's, let's really get into this because there's, there's a really good working theory on this case. And I believe that it is absolutely spot on. And we are going to be calling upon the public for their help. We're going to be doing that. So I want to be clear about something. We are not specifically stating that the most recent ex-boyfriend is the prime suspect. Okay. We are saying that the. An ex-boyfriend. Yeah. One of she, you know, she had several ex-boyfriends. She's 19 years old. One of her ex-boyfriends is considered to be the prime suspect. And in fact, there are two that it has basically been narrowed down to. Tim Demoff and his group started with about six suspects that they liked. And over the years, they've narrowed it down to two. Then we have the police. They're conducting a separate investigation, but it looks like it looks like both of these agencies share the same thought. Well, yeah, or the evidence is pointing into the same direction. And I think that's what we have here. So, Without getting some of the things, the specifics I cannot get into. I've, I've been sworn to secrecy, as they say. But there is evidence that says that something happened inside that house. Whatever happened to Taylor took place inside that house. Mm-hmm. What they believe is, again, we have her phone's never been recovered, but they have her phone records. And they went through those very, very with a detailed investigation, mm-hmm. fine tooth comb. There you go. And they've confirmed that every person that she was interacting with via that phone and those phone records mm-hmm. were people that she knew. We don't have like some weird random call that night. Right. Every interaction leading up to her disappearance was with people that are known in her circles and that knew Taylor. So the working theory is this. There, there is no motive for murder. There's Murder is the motive for hiding the body. Meaning somebody went there with no intention of harming, hurting, or killing Taylor at all. This was a matter that was brewing for a while, and it could not wait any longer. This person felt that they needed to confront or discuss this matter with Taylor in person and right away. Taylor knows this person and very likely knew them for a long time. So accepts the, Hey, can I drop by and talk to you? She accepts that invitation. Mm -hmm. This person comes by what we can't figure out here. Captain was this person alone or with somebody else. Right. Most seem to believe that either this person was alone 
or he came with a friend. Well, what I what I mean by alone is somebody could have been waiting out in the car. Mm-hmm. Or this person was completely alone and then called for help and called in the assistance of somebody else. This person entered the home with Taylor. They discussed whatever the matter was. And I believe, I have reason to believe that Tim and his group know what, what the matter this, was, but we're not, nobody's telling us what the matter is. Right. And I believe police know what it is as well. And so. Well, that, that really helps us. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean it really helps us? Well, it'd be nice to know what the matter was. Well, I, I we can't because it, it could be jeopardized jeopardize the investigation. Thank you. So <coughs> the person enters the home willingly was invited into the home by Taylor. Come on in, take your shoes off. Whatever they're discussing doesn't go the way of the person that would turn out to be our killer. Mm-hmm. What the way that they wanted it to go. And one of the, I think one of the most interesting kind of breakdowns of, of why some murders take place was one that I heard years ago. And I thought it was, it was truly, I mean, it was very simple, but it was also very interesting. The person, this was a, a, a son of a, a murder victim. And they said that, you know, often that, that murder is just a temper tantrum. Like when you think of a little kid that doesn't get their way and they just freak out, right? They're, they're pounding on, stomping on the floor, pounding on the walls, screaming and crying their eyes out. Mm-hmm. And you look at the kid and you go, what, what happened? Oh, so-and-so took away his toy. So-and-so uh, was, is putting him in timeout. Whatever is happening, this kid does not want it to happen. And so they are throwing a fit. Right. And murder sometimes, unfortunately, is just a person that cannot handle a situation, does not know how to deal or cope with normal human being things, and throws a temper tantrum. Murder is, in fact, the biggest temper tantrum you could throw. Or suicide. And so here, what we have is just that. And that seems to be what Tim believes and what police believe, as well as Taylor's family. You heard the words of her mother saying, we don't think that you intended to kill her, that, that there was no motive for murder. Why didn't you just give her back? Why did you have to hurt her? So whatever happened, whatever disagreement or whatever was going on between our victim and the killer didn't go the killer's way. The killer reacts the only way he knows how to, and that is to to violently violently attack this woman and then kill her. Now, yeah, but hold on, it, it makes it seem like there's some kind of attack on that that she was still alive, and then that this suspect would have uh, taken her with him, and possibly she wasn't dead at the time. Uh, am I nuts for? For saying that's what it seems like, coming from the family, coming from the family. Well, wh- why? Well, they why said, they say, well, why well, couldn't you, you just give her back? You could have just gave her back. That's what I'm saying. So that that does that imply that they believe that he took her? No, I I believe that they all. I think that that's just a, a grieving mother speaking, mm-hmm. talking, and talking with her heart and mm-hmm. questioning everything. This is truly a senseless act. And 
you ju- there's just no way to 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 handle this to deal with this so there is there's a lot of things that indicate that that she was killed in that home and then needed to be moved and where our profile goes is one of these two individuals that they've narrowed it down to mm-hmm. has a link to the area where Taylor's body was found. The park. Correct. It's a, it, it, the thought being that, look, when something bad happens, when you find yourself in a, in a state of panic and in a situation where you feel like you have to n- do something mm-hmm. to get yourself out of hot water, hot, you, hot tub. you lose the ability to think far and wide. You narrow your focus and you very quickly go to what you know. Go to a place of comfort. And that's what it is believed happened here. Now, so, okay, so that we got this big national park, but they believe that this individual is connected to that park. One of the two people that they've narrowed it down to, they don't believe that he's connected to the national park. They know. They know. They know by um, witness statements that this man frequented the park on occasion. Okay? So one thing where my mind goes then a step further with this, Captain, is I wonder, like, if you have people telling investigators this individual goes to this location and may just go there to clear his mind or to relax or escape the the real world here. Mm-hmm. My mind goes to, is he also kind of returning to the dump site to see if they've found her yet or if things are as he left it? I bet he would have. So, th- yeah, so that's one thing I think of. But the interesting thing here that we need to focus on and where we're going to ask the public for help is that investigators firmly believe that there are people in the community that know who did this. Yeah, this 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 sounds to me coming from again Tim and the family, and then probably law enforcement as well. You go there's there's too much little details that they know that they probably shouldn't know. That means that there's rumors swirling around the community. Right, and we also have the belief that at least one person helped to conceal the body to move her and conceal the body. So there's at least one person that knows. Yeah, and look, you 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 thought you're trying to help your friend. But this is not how you help your friend. This makes you a criminal. This makes you you moving the body with your friend. That makes you a bad dude. And the only way to to right that wrong is for you to come forward and say what you did. And a lot of times, if if you just were the one to help move the body, law enforcement will work out a deal with you. But if you don't come forward, they're not going to work out nothing with you. And And this guy that you helped, he will turn on you. Well, and the things that I can say, when we talk about having narrowed it down to two suspects, our killer's still in that immediate area. He still lives there. Yeah. And he's not married. He would have roughly been about Taylor's age when this went down. So now we're talking about somebody who is, well, seven years later would be in their late 20s. Yeah. This is somebody that cannot cope, cannot handle normal adult 
situations as seen by his actions on that night back in May of 2013. There's probably signs of this. Yes, this with, this with person would be to those who know him best. He has shown signs of intimidation and violence towards those that know him best. Yeah. And he will always be capable of doing this again, given a situation that he cannot handle. This was a knee jerk reaction. And I guarantee you, he's learned very little from that knee jerk reaction. Meaning for anybody out there that could end up in a relationship with this guy at some point, or end up married or the mother of his children. You, this, this type of person needs worked on needs consequences, cannot be raising children, cannot be, no, no, he needs to be locked up, cannot be in a relationship with a woman. Mm -hmm. And that's the scary thing here. The other thing too, that's really hindered the, the investigation Look, we got one person that that very likely helped this individual move the body. Mm. What we also have is that we have people that are lying for this individual. There are family members who have provided a false alibi for this person. Yeah, and you know what that makes them? Just as guilty as him. A shit turd is what that makes them. Well, a shit turd. Yeah, and the thing is, too, you, you and, can't... And look, and if people don't come forward and they don't talk, fine, I hope you all go down for trying to cover up this individual's actions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, come forward. I mean, this is a young... This was a young, beautiful, talented, smart, beautiful girl, right? And it's just... Um, and look, going to school, working multiple jobs, for what? You know, guy can't handle himself, couldn't handle not getting in his way. Mm -hmm. So you murder somebody. Mm -hmm. That person needs to be locked up. I don't care if that's your family member or not. You know, pathetic. Well, and even in 2018, the frustrated family of our victim spoke to the media. And Carmela acknowledged that police had told her that they have persons of interest and know that certain persons had lied to police in their interviews and statements. Again, that's going back just to lock the, them up. The false alibis. To, you, you lying to police lock you up. Well, late send in the killer clowns late last year, captain in 2019, an article on Fox eights website said that authorities uh, in regards to authorities, police and the family's PI are seeking fresh leads on Taylor's now cold case. Summit County Crime Stoppers also announced a partnership with a group called Silent Angels. That's also a group that, that Tim is very much involved with to provide a $7,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons who are responsible for what happened to Taylor. And I want to take that a step forward because that's late of last year. And here we find ourselves in the middle of 2020 and 2020 is, well, it's been a really sucky year. And <laughs> yeah, well, 
like like I told <laughs> you, you think? yeah, like I told you a couple we, of weeks ago, the two smartest people on the planet mm-hmm. left, mm-hmm. and the the thing here is we had all this time where where everything just went dormant, where everything just kind of stopped, mm-hmm. and I'm so thankful that Tim reached out to you and I to the garage and wanted to bring Taylor's case back into the spotlight because he was busy doing this in January. He was starting to ramp up this investigate, not just the investigation, but the, 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 the reaching out to the public for help back in January. And then everything stopped, everything shut down. And so picking up where they left off in 2019 will not happen until the late summer of 2020. But if you're the person that did this, the water's going to get real hot for you real quick. Because in the hot tub. they're they're going to be putting up billboards, seeking information in Taylor Robinson's case. They're going to increase the reward money for information in Taylor Robinson's case. One of our listeners right now are going to be sharing it on social media. That's right. So all your friends can see as well. So it's it's very interesting, and I think I feel good knowing that there are people like Tim, knowing that there are good folks in the uh, detectives at the Akron PD that are passionate about this case and they're not going to just let it remain cold. Well, this is very solvable if somebody comes forward and does the right thing. And the Robinson family is to be commended for their activism in keeping Taylor's case in the public eye. They received significant support from the mayor and other community leaders and the local media that kept Taylor's story front and center. Taylor's stepfather, who never tired of his efforts to find Taylor, lost his own 17-year-old son in a shooting in 2006. Hopefully, he and Carmela will eventually see the killer of Taylor brought to justice. Carmela has said of her beloved daughter, quote, she wasn't a child who deserved to have her body end up in a park, end quote. No one's daughter is, but Taylor seemed particularly undeserving of her fate. All right, Colonel, do we have any recommended reading for this week? Captain, we do. It's time to recommend a novel because unless you're as crazy as I am, then too much true crime is not the escape you are maybe needing right now. Well, here's a good one. I just started reading this one and I'm locked in. It's a novel by Kaylee White titled The Monsters We Make. It just came out last week. It's a fictional story based off of the 1980s Des Moines Register Paper Boy Kidnappings. That's the monsters we make. Find that title and many more on our recommended page at truecrimegarage.com. All right, so this loosely based maybe ties in some of the Johnny Gosh stuff. Mm -hmm. There you Mm, go. Very interesting. Everybody, tough times. Hang in there. Be good. Be kind and don't litter.
here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 